What's going on, brothers and sisters? This is Professor Spira, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Mucus Free Life Podcast. Oh, what is going on, family? It is, well, I would say it's getting crazy out there, but for us, this folks have been practicing the Mucus's Diet Healing System, honestly, not a whole heck of a lot has changed. We've maintained the same energy, had the same opinion. What's happening now is the opinions and awareness and the fear, consciousness, all these things around us is changing. And in some ways, it's for the better, or for some people, it's for the better. For other people, you could look at it as potentially not being for the better. But uh, everything is changing, whether you like it or not, you think it should or not. Uh, people are starting to see that uh, the type of power that governments wield is a real thing, and uh, and and it can it can affect your life. And so, if you want to be a pacifist and try to just say these things don't affect me, all I have to do is just think positive thoughts and love and happiness and you know fruits berries and love and everything in the world will will work itself out then okay <laughs> you know i mean you can you can have, you can live in that world if if you like and uh, i understand that kind of thing but to me there's a when you're talking about survival there's a level of engagement that needs to be done you know when you're talking about righteousness and doing whatever you can to change the world for yourself, change the world for your loved ones, for your uh, descendants. It is important that we take advantage of the moment. This is a moment in time that gives us an opportunity to elevate our physiologies elevate our bloodlines elevate our consciousness elevate our spirits you know it's it's the character is developed through the turmoil through the challenges one thing that i notice in uh, especially in i don't know in certain elements of society uh, the elements of society that are sometimes criticized as being plastic or fake or you know it's like easily consumable for a lot of people that don't want to think is you know very status quo driven kinds of things and when you look at that and it's about escapism and trying to forget and ignore my thing is to face things head on the challenges the 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 ugliness the beauty as elevated spiritual beings on this planet, we should be able to take it all in, process it all, and remain human, not let it fold us. You know, I was listening to this uh, video of, of these, these stoicism, uh, these stoic principles, and, uh, and I agree a lot with, with some of <laughs> what I was listening to, what I was hearing. Uh, 
because it's having this attitude about life that's kind of uh you know it's like being hardcore about about love you know about the uh, uh not not being soft you know i just see in some of the circles that tend to be interested in what we're talking about the natural health uh areas there's sometimes there's a softness and we don't have the luxury of being able to be like you know be too soft in this society in this in these societies in this current world uh and what the and the problem is and, and i'll get criticism from these folks because they they don't want to uh they would rather ignore the realities of and the ugliness of certain elements of society and the world and try to focus only on the positive, only on, you know, good thoughts and that. Like I said, in my opinion, if you truly want to be elevated spiritually, then you will allow yourself to be exposed to all of the the elements that are real of society you know and i'm not talking about just the fake things that are created for entertainment but really be exposed to the what what's really going on and uh, and and you can do this through studying history through you know real knowing how to study the news and being aware of what's happening in the world uh and it this kind of thing really is an art in itself i think because a lot of people can get overwhelmed and i'm saying that this becomes a spiritual practice to be able and and i'm uh and somebody that used to get a lot of publicity some years ago folks a lot of folks were into david hawkins and you know power versus force and that kind of stuff and he comes out of the sedona method concepts and uh and practices uh, he was big into that in the 80s. Uh, and there's videos of him talking about that from from a while ago. But uh, what was what is interesting that he talked about, which I agree with and I practice, is if you if you understand these releasing techniques, and I got a video on the Sedona method, and just my it's just sort of a testimonial. Uh, I used it in conjunction with practicing the mucus's diet to. Uh, take my practice of the mucus's diet to a whole different level. Uh, there's other methods. There's other things that's in that realm. I don't, and and it's one of those topics that some people say is controversial within the context of the mucus's diet because of a few things that Eric said about uh, mental healing and faith healing and that kind of stuff. I think it's not related because Eric was talking about christian science for the most part uh you know the field of psychology and talk therapy and releasing of emotions and uh all that, those kind of concepts were not around at all yet uh and so i think that in that realm that is a space where there is a lot of things that can be contributed to uh and and, and brought into the practice of the mucus's diet uh, but at the same time I, I recommend what i what i've did you know use the sedona method techniques but uh, there's a lot of different things out there 
uh, that you can get into. You know, Brother Arv, he talks a lot about the science of breath. He practices now. I I just got done doing some breath work uh, a little while ago, but uh, you know, there's a lot of different breath work things out there to study. You know, he got into the Yogi Ramanyaka book. You know, and I, of course I've read that book and and uh, take little bit. I kind of take little bits and pieces of of when it comes to science of breath, just things that I've learned over the years and uh, kind of develop my own uh, breath work processes. But, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, my whole, uh, the original point back to just the building of one's character, this, this is the time when we get to see who people really are, your true colors. And it's fascinating even on social media, see the some some people that you thought were so hardcore or so um, intense are some of the people that express the most fear right now. And so when things get real, when it's just not about talking, when it gets real, you get to see who's who's ready and who's not, who took the time to prepare themselves to educate themselves and who's behind, you know, who hasn't done that yet, uh, who's taking the time to get into their physiology. Uh, you know, the title of this is now more than ever, this is the time to dig into and get deep into the practice of the Muses diet healing system now more than ever. Now, of course, for us, like we said, we, we just stay consistent. Those of us that's been practicing this for years, it's about consistency. It's not about trying to rush and achieve some kind of concept that you have in your head about how, how advanced you should be based on what? Based on what people said they did on, in, in YouTube or something like that. We recommend and encourage people get into and study the book. This becomes a personal journey and experience for you, you know, a path for you, you know, so we can help you find the information and places to get the, get the information, think about this, these things calmly and objectively, uh, the actual practice some techniques concepts uh, you know all that kind of stuff you know we share a lot of those things i mean there's hundreds of hours of uh, in fact th thousands of hours of material on the youtube channel and all kinds of information that we've put out over the years but none of that stuff means anything if you don't do anything if you don't practice the mucus's diet healing system just knowing it and having the information in your back pocket you know, some people read the Mucus's Diet book and they'll kind of just put it on the back burner. You know, they put they put the information in the back pocket and say, you know, in in case of emergency, you know, break glass and grab. You know, and so times like this, all of a sudden, now you're reading the Mucus's Diet book, and I invite you to do that, of course. But th this thing, things are going to change, and as Brother Air said, you know don't want you shouldn't want to go back to the way things were because that's kind of <clears throat> that inclination for a lot of people is like, okay i hope that just want to get things back to normal what's normal you know normal is a pus and mucus based 
situation. Uh, you know, this concept of normal is not is not real. You know, it's, it's problematic. You know, normal within what context? We have to go on that hero's journey at this point. You study Joseph Campbell, you know, the, the archetypical hero's journey. This is the part of the story where something forces us to leave our comfort zone. Something forces us to go on this grand journey that's going to have ups and downs. It's going to be things that that's scary. There's going to be things that are incredibly enlightening and enriching and fun. And, you know, you when you go on the journey and you give yourself to the journey, and I'm talking about the journey of the mucus's diet healing system. I mean, there is no other journey that's more profound. When you give yourself to that and you're going down that path, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a remarkable experience. And some people elect to go down that path and sometimes forces push people and direct people a little bit more firmly to go down that path and point at like here this is the direction you're supposed to go and right now the earth is screaming <laughs> that at us you know it's like look this is the direction that you go one thing that i experienced yesterday i was on a walk last night in the in a park that's nearby and to get to the park i have to walk next to a expressway and normally, because of all of the vehicles that are driving up and down uh, that expressway, it's usually really smoggy, and, and I'm just real sensitive to the exhaust and smells and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I could tell how much better the air is right now. I mean, I, and I love it when I walk outside and I, I can tell just breathing the air. The air right now has improved because people are driving less. And if you've seen any of the images that people have shared on social media or just articles, I, there was somebody had show, shown how the pollution has transformed overnight in some places, especially China and other places where when they were forced to not drive and forced to uh, shelter in places, they say all of a sudden, I mean, this, this is benefiting the earth like insane, like crazy, you know? So those are the kinds of things sometimes you, you want to think about. It's not always about you. So yes, we're, we're dealing with, potential totalitarian dictatorship things and forced vaccination you know we have our our worries and the things that we're into but the earth is super happy right now i mean it just man you know the, when you're cutting emissions and the level of pollution is going down as much as we did i mean unprecedented in history in recent history uh, to have that that few people in the world driving around and plants closing that are that would normally be producing and putting all kinds of filth out into the world uh you know all that stuff shut down for a moment so this is a fast the earth is fasting right now and what happens during a fast the waste is eliminated and so there's a lot of waste that's being eliminated right now on on the earth and and it's getting a chance to cleanse 
uh, itself. And so those of us that are on the side of the earth, on the side of nature, um, you know, this this can only help us you know, uh, on, you know, j- just speaking from the nature perspective. Uh, so I'm looking at things, you know, we're going to have the discussion today be a little different than you've know, been focused a lot on some of the elements of the, uh, you know, the t- totalitarian type of vibe, you know, sort of the human involvement vibe. But you look, if we look at things from a n- nature vibe is earth and nature don't care too much about what are, you know, our little constructed concepts our little you know government ideas and this these little you know this, we're just little you know pions playing in the sandbox and stuff earth just wants to be able to uh do what it's supposed to do without uh all the, the interference of humans and so uh, those of us that are on the side of nature and the in the largest, most impactful way to decide are you on nature's side or not is what you decide to put into your mouth. I mean, that first and foremost, you know, and people will argue about that to say, well, no, it's you shouldn't drive a vehicle. You should be walking more or riding a bike or you should do this or that. You know, if you're you can walk all you want, but if you're still eating dead animal carcasses uh, and you understand just a little bit about the kind of pollution that puts out into the world, then you'll understand that you could dr- you could drive in a vehicle 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, but if you're eating fruits and green leafy vegetables, your footprint on the earth is going to be still be a lot lighter still less detrimental than uh, a couple days worth of of eating the the dead stuff uh, and the processed stuff and all and all of the the crap that turns into the cause and effect and people do not like this point they don't want to deal with it it's wisdom as old as time it's science it's wisdom. <laughs> you can call it karma. You can call it cause and effect. You can find some kind of sophisticated physics equations for it if you'd like. Uh, if you want to be into the science side of thinking. But however you look at it, for every action, <laughs> action there's a reaction. You eat something that's not supposed to be a part of your experience as a human being that's not designed for us, there are consequences. And some of the initial consequences, like many addictions, seems good. So you eat something and you've been conditioned certain elements in it that stimulate you, get you get you high. You know, don't taste good. This is salty. This is sweet. This is got caffeine in it, you know, get my little high, it's got alcohol in it, this is whatever it's got in it, it's, just, we, we, we categorize everything as stimulants, even, you know, then we don't get into the, well, these are stimulants, and these are uh, depressants, and it's like, no, nah, we just, if it's altering your mind, and your brain chemistry, uh, in these ways, you're talking about a stimulant, uh, the question is, is it a stimulant that leaves behind a whole bunch of waste and 
messes in with your brain chemistry in a negative way or is it uh, something that is a positive you know fruits a stimulant um, but it's a stimulant that you need it is the quintessential well not the quintessential air would be the <laughs> the number one but um, you know what just what choices are you making we have to and we have to I think start teaching that those of us that because I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of folks is listening to this podcast. But I think that's a message that we can start really putting out there into the world and be a little bit more aggressive with with putting that message out. I think I think we're at a time now. I didn't I didn't recommend that years ago. You know, years ago, I uh, said Okay, at, it, it it depends on the period for me. So years ago, I said, well, right now, you really got to focus on getting your physiology together. And that hasn't changed. But there is also an element, as more people become aware of the mucus's diet, as more people start to practice it, the uh, a group of people that are doing a quality job of practicing the mucus's diet makes it easier and as a as a whole to practice it. So now I'm encouraging people to share the diet more because we are ready. You know, the earth the earth is ready. I think humans are ready. The we've loosened up the waist already. <laughs> you know, over the past six seven years, we've been loosening up. This is all about a transition on all levels. So we've been loosening up the waste and uh, we've, we've had some of the, the lemon juice and distilled water animals happening uh, on, on humanity. And so the fact that you can even talk about veganism now uh, publicly and it's and, and you're not looked at like a, a total outcast to society. That's letting us know things have been loosening up Because when I started practicing the diet. I mean, just use the term a term like vegetarian, much less veganism. I mean, just veg, the word vegetarian, people would, you know, you were just immediately outcasted. Now, that's not to say that that still doesn't happen in different places, but the fact is, you can go into these big stores, and the word vegan is all over the place in the store. Uh, it's a, it's a brand new brand new world, you know, just in the past fifteen, seventeen years. Uh, so now it's time to make things more aggressive. See, I, I know I talk a lot about being gentle with the transition, mainly because there's so many people that are plugging in to, to our information that need to hear that message because they've been too aggressive. They've tried to skip the transition, eat nothing but fruit, be 100% raw, and they felt good for a while then they hit the glass ceiling and they can't you know it's it's getting bad at that point you know there's whole groups dedicated to you know the ex ex vegan and ex fruitarian groups saying oh that stuff is a bunch of malarkey i had a terrible experience you know i you didn't transition period i mean you just whether you didn't know about it or you you thought you were transitioning but you weren't really uh it's you know so that's a problem that I, I talk about a lot but once you have more people that really understand how to transition with purpose 
and with quality, then it is it just gets it make does make it easier. And so we're at a point now where I'm saying let let's reach out. Let's put this out there. Let let's see who who can put this information out and uh, and really encourage people to take a look at what we're talking about, what we're practicing because it is a salvation. It's a salvation of the human species or I wouldn't be or I wouldn't be doing it. You're talking about it or would be having that kind of passion to say this is important. You know, the most important thing that we can be dealing with because, and I know there's, there's so many philosophies out there, the, the spiritualists, you know, they say, well, that the only thing that's important is the, you know, the, your, your connection to spirit. Well, I mean, if that's true, then aren't, are you, is it not possible to be more connected to who you are as a spiritual being when you're unobstructed, when your stomach isn't a graveyard for dead carcasses? I mean, wouldn't that make sense that the, the most spiritually advanced fruit, uh, you know, or, or food <laughs> for humans would be fruit, uh, you know, green leafy vegetables, things that don't leave behind that slimy residue. Uh, I mean that that makes sense to me. Uh, then there's the the mentalists, or I'll call the mentalists, that say it's all the mind. You know, you just it's all about mindset and psychology and and just keeping how you think about everything is the main thing that's important. Uh, I wrote a whole article on that. You know, is the mucus diet and fasting and all these things is it all just psychological? And my main argument there is it's all transition. Transition is not a choice. Transition is the law. Something that you can that can be observed in all aspects of nature, in all aspects of your life. If it if it was all just about psychology or just the mindset and the mental and there was no such thing as transition and things didn't have to unfold gradually, then a one-year-old infant or child could use the power of their mind to expedite the process of them growing. So they, so this little, little one-year-old could just say, because my mind is so strong, I'm going to rapidly increase my size i'm going to i'm going to mature at a quick rate so i'm going to take 15 to 20 years of of growth and do it in the span of a couple weeks because i have such a strong mind in my little one-year-old baby body now of course that's not gonna happen you know it's and in, in, in that context that's absurd to think that a one-year-old child could use the power of their mind to speed up the process of growing into an adult that's not how it works no matter what and no matter what you know and science would not be able to find a way to to make that process go faster and it be a uh, and it and it make any kind of sense 
uh, I mean, there, there's just uh, there's no way you could take a, a one year old or a two year old child and do anything to them, whether it was a mind thing or uh, whatever, and have them uh, become an adult more more quickly than the unfolding process allows. You transition into adulthood. You don't become an adult overnight. You transition through phases um, in nature. You live in some place that happens to have seasons, and then you can see the changing of the seasons as it's transition. You transition into fall into winter and winter into spring, spring into summer. Those are transitions. Uh, it's 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 a constant transitional process, and we have to really understand not just it's not just about a diet. And you know, we talk a lot about the transition diet. There's a there's a whole paradigm here that needs to be uncovered and understood to really grasp how heavy and how powerful transition is and for me that's the most important probably the heavy the heaviest part and everybody has a different opinion on that for me probably the heaviest part at this point of mucus's diet healing system methodology is the transitional paradigm you know the transition me- me- methodology and i like to think that we're contributing to that and taking it to the next step by having these kind of conversations, making these kind of observations, understanding that it's all about transition and these these systems that we've put in place, we we trans they're they're, they're they are part of the transitional process. You're the result of years and generations of transition. As you look at some of these really complicated systems that humans have created, uh, that's a, it's natural for us, I believe, to create systems. We were uh, we're made up of systems. We create systems around us to live the way that we want to live. We are uh, by nature we are system creators, uh, and these systems have evolved over time and they get more and more refined and that's and that's a natural part of the human experience but we have to see that we have to so, so say all that just because we have to get that idea out of our head that there's some other way to do this that there's some other way that we can we can there's a faster way you can I mean I get I get those questions almost at least once or twice a week I see some question of people wanting to skip over the transition I mean any question that has anything to do with well what if I did this what if I did the, if if I use the Ben and I clay will that will that speed things up or if I use enough herbs or do some of Dr. Morris's methods or if I take these Dr. Sabi things over here or if I if I if I do this can I can it go faster can I get to this level quicker and those are not the questions in my opinion that we should be asking there that's not representative of the the levels of thought that of where we should be at 
instead of asking those kind of questions, I'd love to get more questions about transitional technique, you know, because I, I, I get excited about the, the technique of, uh, of the exploration of different food items and say, okay, well, what if I, uh, I'm, I'm eating this right now. What if I try this other thing? Or, you know, right now, you know, I'm doing my enema first thing in the morning. What happened if I do the enema before I go to bed? You know, I mean, like there, there's these little tweaks that we can make to our day that are have huge transitional implications. And that's those are the questions that I would like to see more of. You know, I'm not not these questions about, uh, well, if I if I do this, what if I fast every week for the next year, can I be, do you think that I can become a hundred percent mucusless after that? Can you, the, we got to put, we got to put the intensity in the right place. That's what I see that intensity and focus are on the wrong things oftentimes. So, and, and sometimes I think the intensity that people like me and brother air bring to the table when we're talking about the mucus's diet is misunderstood and misinterpreted and so we'll come to the table and we have the energy and we're saying hey look man you need to get into this immediately come on mucus diet healing system get into this and some people will interpret that energy as once you once you get into it not now you got to hurry up you got to hurry up and transition fast and and rush and 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 when and if you listen to us long enough you know that's not the message the met and now with me, I I admit that I tend to, ha- you know, I, I don't I'm not as gentle of a transitioner when it comes to the mental part of it, and I and I understand some people need a more gentle transition when it comes to uh, the the unfolding of this information, the consciousness that comes with it, and. And I, and I know I'm not the best for that because I'm when it comes to the mental side of it and being able to, uh, uh, you, you know, it's almost like sometimes with the mental, I'm, I'm, I almost want to use the technique of bring about a fall and then you put it back together. Because for some people, they when you studying and, and just studying history, you know, and I'm not talking about studying philosophy, just studying real history. And looking at some of the terrible things that happened, but at the same time looking at some of the great things that have happened. Like I said, to me, it's important to be able to take it all in. But, uh, but, but these kind of concepts, I don't, I don't have too much of a transition. You know, when it comes to uh, dealing with things like the protein theory and the calorie theory and the, uh, you, you my my the, you know my my patience and transition is less in there because because I'm just saying well like look that's work that you got to do you I don't believe in those theories you know go you check out the history of those theories and see if you agree with it uh and and so I I'm like that's something you need to do today just get that over with let's if if you're gonna rush into something and skip over a transition do it there. Let's we don't have time to be trying to spend a whole lot of time dealing with these like, well, is 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 the calories real or like I said, take your time in terms of studying it. Go check out those those philosophies or whatever. 
um, and and the and all you know at water and you know get into that stuff. But for me, there we don't have a whole lot of time there. But when it comes to what you decide to put into your body, what you decide to flush out of your body, that's where each person's situation is different. Everybody's body is different. But that's where I encourage you to be gentle with yourself, be loving with yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Uh, th- that, so that's where my, my gentle. But, but that's where people want to be the hardest. For some reason, it's like the opposite. Like people with the mental stuff, they want that to be soft. They like, oh, Professor Spira, that that, that energy, that those thoughts, that's a little too much. You know, that just be 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 more gentle. It's just it's all about love, fruits, fruits and berries and love and hugs. And I'm like, man, this is let's when the when the mental time. I'm saying that's cultivate that. Be hardcore there. You know, that's that's the that warrior mindset. We need that there to to confront all of the past and be ready for what's coming us at us in the future. The the soft thing is done. You know, I'm just I'm I'm that's over. You know, now I mean after this what what this is bringing out for me and what this signals for me is that that sort of soft mentality is uh the days of that are over. We there's we don't need that anymore. We need to be cultivating a hardcore mentality when it comes to b- being ready to deal with whatever is coming our way and to be able to protect. I mean, we have to protect our practice of the mucus diet. We have to protect our way of life and in order to before you can do that, you got to have some level of a strong mindset and like i've talked about before a lot of you didn't sign up to be revolutionaries you don't have you don't haven't studied that you don't know what it is to be a revolutionary you didn't never wanted that but here you are practicing the most revolutionary lifestyle on the planet and so we we sometimes find ourselves in situations where (laughs) that we didn't plan and that's part of the journey you know, and that's what I like about it. That's the fun part for me. That's the journey. And we find ourselves here and there's things that we didn't sign up for. I mean, believe me, I never thought if you'd have told me <laughs> back in the year 2000 and 2001 that I would be he- talking about diet and health and, and people would be healing themselves based on things that I've been saying and in the uh, uh, materials that I put out, I would just look at you like, what are you talking about? Uh, because that was not, I didn't have that vision of that. I was chosen and called to do a job, to contribute something and things that only, the things that I'd been gifted that, you know, I could choose to share or not to share and but I was encouraged to share and so I I answered the call but the my initial vision was to go and be a you know be be a famous musician and become one of the the greatest musicians in the world and all that kind of stuff uh that was so if you would have told me that I would be on tour on stage with whoever 
if you'd have told me that, I'd been like, well, yeah, that's the plan. That's that's the direction we're going in. But Mucus's diet totally changed that for me, where that was not the the important thing. It you know changed my uh, values. So being being a famous musician just for the sake of fame and fortune was no longer important and and interesting. Uh, getting myself together physio- physiologically, trying to clean my blood up. And uh, once that clicked in and I understood the power of this work that we do on ourselves, that was like, okay, um, this, this, is, this is the way I'm going. And the music is going to come and the contribution in terms of music because for, that has been a big part of my practice. And when you start to understand the artistry and how art and understanding art, you know, the art appreciation, the practice of art making, uh, when you understand that uh, from that perspective, you can really enhance your your practice and understanding the mucus of dying healing system. And, and so that's one of these things I talk about that I never hear too many other people talk about because one, uh, if you generally if you got to identify yourself as, as an artist and, and really work on your craft uh, on, on these high levels and that can train you on how to understand the tra- process of the transition because all great artists understand the transition you know just in theory uh, because you can't there there are some people that are endowed with some great abilities and talent but they still practiced hours and hours a day or they worked on whatever it was they were doing. They worked on it or they did it a lot. They continued to do it. So there was a transitional process involved where their art had to unfold over time. And they and over time, they gained more control over it. They got, uh, you know, they got better at what they were doing. Because uh, there's a process involved, you know, but 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 the process must be understood first and foremost to be a transitional process, and so, in other words, transition, <laughs> transition, 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 and you know, if you are somebody that has a little bit more of a when I say soft, you know, and I'm not saying that in a way, you know, when a, you know, kind of sort of a soft mentality or that kind of thing, you know, I'm not attacking you or saying that in a way to tr- make you feel bad or anything like that. I'm just saying I'm I'm offering you an opportunity to uh to level up, as uh, some of the young folks would say now and then. You like, we got it's time to level up, and uh and and so. For me, you know, I, I, this fascinated me. I, you know, I asked this question in one of our meetups a while back where I said, okay, well, what figures inspire you? If I was to, but, and, and I had to say, you know, but people wanted to say me and Brother Air. I'm like, no, besides us, don't. I'm talking about historical figures or maybe mem- family members or who is it that inspires you? When you need inspiration, when you need, when you're going through something hard and you need to plug into some energy to, to help you keep 
you know, to, to remind you who you are and keep that reason going. Uh, who do you, you know, who is that for you? And I was surprised that some people really didn't, they, they couldn't think of somebody. They didn't have, and I, I have a, uh, uh, even have a friend that really doesn't think like that, you know, doesn't plug into, you know, in, the figures in, in that way in turn, but I encourage it, you know, and I find, you know, most of my inspiration, I mean, a great deal of my inspiration from the ancestors and historical, different historical figures, you know, that I've studied the lives of over the years and really, you know, draw on their energy, you know, I kind of tune into their frequency and that's you know to be more metaphysical about it when you study these figures or you invoke the the strength of some of the strongest people in the history and i'm talking about strong character strong you're not physically strong uh when you invoke them you and meditate on them and you can you can plug in uh you you can plug into that that energy you know that energy field and um uh, you know, if you permit me to get a, a bit metaphysical, you know, generally I like to keep things more, you know, kind of straightforward, a little more scientific and objective. But there, that's that's a real thing, and we just we haven't really been able to, in terms of science, be able to really explain that. Um, and, and even just inspiration, that's why a lot of the the the, the, the you know the field of self-help and a lot of the motivation and those things are sort of considered uh um uh, you know charisma and all these concepts are sort of you know pseudoscientific or they're just sort of in this field because you're, there's not really a way to quantify it it's not a scientific it's it's an art you know these a lot of this stuff but when you start bringing in this idea of plugging in to other people, the energy of other people, the energy of ancestors, you know, now you're, you know, you're starting to get over into that, that, uh, that, that world of, of, of understanding frequencies and energies that kind of go beyond the, the scientific norms. But, uh, for me and my example of that is, is Harriet Tubman. So if you don't know who Harriet Tubman is, please look, look her up. You know, watch a couple documentaries on her. There's a few of them that's out there. Um, but Harriet Tubman, who saved the lives of uh, of many, many slaves by risking her own freedom. She emancipated herself and continued to go back and put herself in harm's way and in danger with some of the 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 worst humans that this planet has ever seen the scum of the earth had dogs running after her and you know which would and the things that they would have done to her if they got a hold of her are are unspeakable yet that did not deter her she continued to go to enemy territory and save her brothers and sisters by leading them to a freedom, leading them to a place where they would be safer than where they were, where they would not be in bondage. The Moses of her people, as she was sometimes called, Harriet Tubman. So when I'm having a bad day 
or I think, you know, I'm, I'm woe is me, you know, I'm feeling sorry for myself, which I do, like we all do. Uh, when I'm going through that, I start thinking about Harriet Tubman, and that gets me into shape, you know, where it works, works for me. Uh, because that kind of courage, if I could, in my lifetime, if I can show or uh, just exemplify a five percent of that kind of courage i would be happy you <laughs> know i'd be pleased because we don't see that 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 kind of courage that level uh man you know i'm just i'm just in awe of of what she did uh and there and there's others you know so i plug of course obviously you know professor arnold Eric, you know plug i mean i'm plugging into him <laughs> constantly you know that's just to that that one's so close that don't even I mean, think about that that as much you know I've plugged into that in a kind of a different way, uh, but uh, but 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 that just to say it, you don't have to plug into it doesn't have to necessarily be historical figures. Some people might have some elders in their family, you know, grandparents or some, you know just somebody that's just has a very strong character, just so. Just you know these fearless kind of of people you know that are so loving yet they are uh, they don't suffer fools you know they don't play games you know there there's there's a hardcore so that's what I'm talking about when I when I'm talking about that that hardcore and getting away from that soft kind of character and that soft kind of like you know whiny ism you know that all like oh there. You know they're they're making us stay in our house, and they don't want, and all the toilet paper's gone, and I'm scared. You know, like, and again, if if you're coming from that, I, this isn't meant to to make fun. This is meant to uh to to pump you up and say like, we gotta be beyond that. We gotta get to that warrior mentality, and that has nothing to do with aggression it has to do with power real power uh, we talked about david hawkins earlier you know the book power versus force you know phil i look at that just sort of just a modern new age philosophical treatise uh, a lot of these kind of works but um you know it's a modern uh, philosophy uh, philosophy but uh that understanding that you know, it's about being powerful, but real power, real power doesn't have anything to do with being able to knock somebody out. You know, there's this, this whole, you know, force that's force crap. You know, that, that don't have nothing to do with real power, real integrity. Uh, you know, Harriet Tubman, that's real power. That's real integrity. And if you plug in to that vibe, and you are trying to, you know, it's like if, if you're trying to achieve that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, it, when I see a lot of young people, you know, they're plugging into these pop icons, you know, and they want to be like, I want to be like Beyonce. I want to be like, you know, I'm like, we got to, as, as, as older folks and elders and educators, we got to do a better job of, of really educating the young folks of, and exposing them to these, these figures and doing it in a way that is uh, that is intense, that is that isn't boring, 
Cause yeah, I've I've been in them classes too. Them where some of these history, social studies type of classes where the the teacher doesn't even really want to be there. They they're bored of what they're talking about because they haven't plugged into anything. And I never forget I had a uh, I had a teacher, social studies teacher. Where overall, I mean, I got along with them and stuff, but uh, he. We it got to where they had a in our textbook had a picture of Marcus Garvey and they had sort of like a paragraph about Marcus Garvey in there and what he had did and the teacher just the attitude that they had about the, when he was talking about Marcus Garvey and what he was trying to do and accomplish it was so dismissive and at that point I hadn't studied him I was being exposed to him for the first time so for for a lot of other people they that they would have just taken that and to this day there they a perception would be colored by having a teacher that just dismissed this historical figure whereas i knew something was wrong with that i you know even then i'm like wait a minute this is a black this one of the only black dudes in this period that we talking about you know in this this little period right here you know, you got your, they're like, okay, here's Booker T. Washington, W.E. Du Bois, and then, uh, you know, and around that same type of discussion, here's this guy named Marcus Garvey. It's like, well, why why is this teacher dismissing? Because the text didn't dismiss him. It didn't say this dude was a bad guy or anything. So why is this teacher dismissing this guy? You know, so I had to investigate that. Uh, later, you know, later in life, it wasn't that much, when I think about it, it wasn't that much later because I was a, I think I was a junior in high school when I when I was when I'm this class I'm thinking of I was a junior then it was a couple years later is when I really started studying history seriously you know, on my own outside of the academic context where I was you know getting into you know I read uh, there was a book the um Marcus Garvey reader you know I read that uh, year you know years ago it was just a bunch bunch of different writings either on that Garvey had wrote and I think there was probably a couple articles in there from other people but that was uh, that was interesting so I got got a chance to really see like okay there's there is some some problems with the way that these figures are are taught uh, so my point basically is that just these figures that people that we could be plugging into young people are missing out on the opportunity to really be properly exposed to them because if there's a teacher that's bored that's talking about these figures in sort of a way like let's okay or let's just get this over with yeah marcus garvey yeah you know harriet tubman yeah yeah you know if, they, if that's the attitude and the kids they don't they're not gonna be taught how to even plug in that's what the in fact that's a that's an interesting point that if, if you're an educator and a way to think about educators and you're talking about a history teacher, their job is to plug you in and teach you how to plug in to uh, many of these figures, these important historical figures and uh, and uh, and understand them, you know, because there's obviously there's, there's sort of good, bad and ugly. And some of that is uh, up to one's discretion and their, their own ethical outlook on on things but some figures is important to plug into and maintain that legacy and uh so but that's like i said that that's me um just yeah anytime 
and it happens, you know, where, uh, you know, you start doubting. And that's part of the hero's journey. If we go back to the Joseph Campbell. So when we talk about hard, hardcore outlook in a men in mentality, part of that is, it is not that nothing affects you. It's that you are able to work through it, that whatever comes your way, you work through the madness, you know, you work through the pain and you are able to survive and get to the other side. And th that builds character. When you get to the other side of that, man, you, you're transformed. And that's what the Mucus's Diet Healing System does. You get to the other side of that thing and you are transformed body, mind, and spirit in ways that you didn't think you would be, in ways you didn't sign up for. But it is what it is. And so that is my message on on that. Uh, like I said, today is more important than ever practice the Mucus's Diet Healing System and go on this journey. I invite you, you know, I, I uh, you are cordially invited to go on this journey of physiological exploration, transformation, elevation. It is an experience that you, you have to give yourself to. You have to, you have to be open. Can't be control trying to control everything with it you know that's one problem people try to control things that they don't have control over you know you don't have control over how long your transition is going to be that's that's a waste of time and energy to even try to think that you can control that kind of thing that's not the kind of stuff you can control uh i'm inviting you to control your mindset control the the things that you consume the things that you think about uh, and be trying to plug into and pointing your frequency to the higher, higher things of higher vibration. But you got to transition to that. You know, there's a lot. There's a number of people that talk like that, that say, you know, you just have to tune in to the higher vibration and things that are of higher vibration. Problem with that is it sounds nice, but. You got to transition into that. You you think you all of a sudden overnight you're going from where you're you know you're watching uh, movies that are dead you know all about murder and death and destruction and playing video games where you can you know ha have sex with a prostitute and then kill her and you know Grand Theft Auto and uh, you know Doom you know running around killing all these zombies. You think you can go from that the depths of a death culture like that and and just overnight just start just have just nice thoughts of springtime and and kittens and uh you know spirituality it's just all so calm and you know put a nice you know nice little tree over here and happy little tree you know it's like eh, you know you you got to transition into that if that's if that's what you think spirituality is about or what you think the the direction is uh you know, for me, peace comes in a lot of different facets. Uh, so pe peace isn't uh, uh, isn't necessarily what you think it is in terms of the uh, this this energy, because uh, you can be peaceful in all kinds of different in all kinds of different ways and all kinds of circumstances. And so, to me, peace is the the goal ultimately. Uh, but 
that's you know that's a heavy I mean, that's a whole other, it's like a whole episode in itself. Just like, let's explore peace. What is that? What is peace? Peace versus chaos. Learning how to, because that, that's an art. There's an art to that. There's a transition to that. Learning how to change your frequency. You know, I've heard it described as uh, uh, kind of like a, in the way that you would change the radio frequency if uh, people that still remember how radios work. Uh, but you change the number and depending on the number, once you plug into the frequency, you hear what's on that channel. If it's, you know, 88.9 is a channel that you're trying to plug into and you go there and you're plugging in. Now, if your antenna is obstructed, if the if there's some kind of obstruction involved, then you get static or you can't hear it or there's some kind of. Uh, uh, you know, don't sound right. So vitality equals power minus obstruction is still at work at all times. It's all about that. So, but what are you trying to plug into? What frequency do you want to plug into? So when you're talking about the spiritual realm, you're plug and, and and learning how to plug into things of higher vibration. Uh, you know, there's an art to that. There's a transition to that, and. And, you know, you hear, you hear us talking about jazz all the time, you know, and we find that, you know, jazz music is an art form and the music that's coming out, that's, uh, that's some of the highest vibrations that you're going to get in terms of what humans can produce. But for a lot of people, it's hard for them to, they, they don't understand it. It's hard for them, just in, instrumental music in general. It's, it's a high vibration. It's hard for a lot of people to get into that, you know, but we invite you and encourage you to get into that, you know, get into these things, uh, start transitioning yourself into and doing that work to get into things of higher vibration, you know, art, you know, different, different form. I used to enjoy this uh, program, which I don't know if it's still how, how long it was on or how, you know, I know there's some seasons that I missed, but there was this, uh, I think it was called art. 21 or something like that but they f- they followed all of these different modern artists uh in their lives and talking that was just fascinating <laughs> some of these folks you know they they're just their vibration they're super vibe you know vibrating on all kinds of different levels you know so it's it's nice to be exposed to that and to uh plug into what you can you know what what makes sense for you to plug into um but but that yeah the frequency concept i mean i would recommend to read something like power versus force uh, david hawking uh, you know and i already talked about sedona method but as you the, there those are processes of actually th- things that you can actually do uh, systems that you can apply that can raise your energy level and your vibration and as you raise you're you're able to plug in to higher and higher vibrations but the foundation of that is mucus's diet healing system. I mean, I just have to, it should go without being said, but I got to say it for the people that aren't getting it yet. Uh, you get the first and foremost, you got to start cleaning yourself up and you get yourself clean enough where you can get into fasting and that kind of stuff. You will be able to experience these, uh, these higher frequencies and, uh, and, you know, as you experience them, you, you, you feel better. You're moving away from chaos. Uh, 
See, a lot of people are addicted to chaos. And my definition, which I won't get into sort of this, this is a whole philosophical area that I'd studied, but uh, I do like this uh, particular definition of chaos, which means un- unnecessary process. Chaos being things that do not have to happen. It's, it's unnecessary. There is a lot of death that takes place on this earth and pain that is that's unnecessary and so it it sows chaos Uh, there's a lot of terrible behavior that's unnecessary and is and sows chaos but there's cause and effect at work here so if you eating pus and mucus forming foods or you're a part of that vibration because what foods are the highest vibrating foods for humans (laughs) <laughs> you know the fruits you know, raw fruits and green leafy vegetables i mean that's the direction that we want to go in like we said if you haven't transitioned to it it's that vibration is too high if then you're not going to be able to sustain it you know you have to transition transform your physiology to be able to maintain and be able to hold on to that high frequency uh, vibration and the same goes with the mental spiritual realms you, you've got to uh, study and, and practice you know find your way to that you know your your path to that but I'm just a firm believer of removing chaos from your life removing like it, it's okay to be at peace I mean I mean in this world you almost have to let people know it's okay to not have chaos. It's okay to be peaceful. It's okay. You're allowed. You know, you are allowed to be at peace. And as I said before, can you expose yourself to, to the good, the bad, and the ugly of humanity and be enriched by the experience and maintain your peace? You know, that, that's... I mean, what, there's not a whole lot of people out here that really that have done that or have a message that. And I keep th- I just kind of keep coming back to David Hawkins in this because he has talked about this and he's one of the you know, he's somebody well respected amongst the uh, sort of the, the new age spiritualists. And so I'm I'm just sort of invoking him a, a, a bit here more than I normally do. But, but he's talked about that because he because he did some techniques and that I and that's along the lines of things that I had done that he he talked about he had did years ago uh in where you you can use the chaos and use some of these things to elevate and heighten your your vibration if you know how to release you know if you know these techniques some of these things and other systems of emotional release that that I've talked about in other spaces you can watch the news for an hour and this and I'm this is something that he's that he talked about but I had already been practicing this uh, this concept we was basically we plugging into a similar wavelength instead of trying to run away from it and ignore it you can turn on the news for an hour and if you're releasing that whole time like every time you see something that's disturbing because you're it, when you learn to release you release everything so you release the good, the bad, and the ugly emotions. So you know, so you, you're seeing all this stuff. 
you know, coronavirus, COVID, you know, you know, these thousands of people died. This happened over here. You're, and if you learn to, to take that in and then release it, whatever, be cognizant of the emotion that that brings up and then let, and then you let it go. You can essentially conquer your emotions. You know, you, you conquer that so that you, you get to a point where it's not that you're unfeeling, it's not an ignorance type of thing. You've actually worked through all of the, the pain and the, the suffering, the happiness, the love, the, the hate. The, you've worked through all of those emotions to get yourself to a point of self-realization or self-actualization. You know, on that these concepts that people talk about in in various spiritual circles, but you you can release yourself to that, to these higher states of consciousness, and while maintaining the peace, be, being at peace. So I'm I'm just not into the that pacifist type of message where you know there's definitely a number of gurus that talk about just everything is as it is just ignore ignore the world around you just go go inside and breathe and now of course i'm i'm saying yes go inside and breathe but at the same time conquer the chaos that's in your world and clean yourself up and in doing so you can bring about real peace on the earth not fake peace, not verbal peace. Like, oh, I just love love everything and love you and if we just if we just love, 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 then then love will love, love, love. No. Work through all of it because it's all part of the human experience. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Work through it. Once you and once you conquer it, then then you decide if you want to be exposed, what you, you know, what you want to be exposed to or not. Because, uh, like I said before, there's the the life of the uh, the renunciate. So if you're going to re- renounce society, there's a whole lot of benefits and things that you can get from walking that path. But most of us are not going to go that path. So I invite you to, if you're going to be here and you're going to participate in the systems of the modern human reality, then use it. Use it to transition. Use it to, uh, to elevate yourself and become self-actualized. Develop on that level because we're given this such a great opportunity. And that's, again, I, I liked how... Hawkins thought about that where all of this chaos in the world and these things that are troubling and and scary you know we can harness that use that to essentially conquer fear be able to control better better control what you put into your body um, better can have better control the uh, your frequency, you know, and the the vibration that you're plugging into, uh, it elevates everything. And so, I invite you to cultivate your 
self. Cultivate your character. Because to me, it's fun. You know, it's it's fun to evolve over time to uh, to to strengthen you know my my you know, my understanding and learn and study. Uh, you know, I enjoy that, and and I also enjoy peace and getting deeper and deeper into peace, even in the midst of such chaos. And sometimes people, especially the past couple weeks, I've noticed people. Have, have tend to project their own fears or their own sadness or whatever onto other people, and in my case, you know, like on making videos, and I'm showing different parts of myself and communicating in ways that you know that may be different, a little different than what I've done in the past because of the times, you know, and the topic, you know, you go with the vibration of the times, and my thing is trying to communicate what needs to be communicated in a in the way that is best going to be received for the largest number of people and what we're talking about now is is a different type of revol- you know revolution transformation that needs to happen uh and survival mindset and so i am there is going to be some more intensity but some people have misinterpreted my intensity and passion as fear or there was somebody on a video that said that that what you know why are you so sad i'm like well i'm i'm actually the opposite i i'm one of these people that feel better today than i did two or three weeks ago the things that are happening in the world right now is what we have been talking about and you find out who is being real and who is faking the funk talking about because we we often talk about uh we want to put this society in the dustbin of history we want to create something new so a lot of people say oh that sounds good now when nature starts taking us in that direction people are starting to rethink that because it's getting real now but if you're me i'm excited i'm 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 happy (laughs) you know so i'm i'm far from sad you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pleased. This is a great opportunity to elevate, elevate yourself, elevate the community, come together, and we're gonna see what people are made of. Because, uh, you know, these, like I said, these things we've been talking about for years, we've pr- been predicting for years, and it's not meant to fear monger. That's the other thing people been been trying to say. Uh, in some of the, the comments, you're like, "Oh, you're you're fear mongering. You're you know you're talking about forced sterilization." Well, I'm talking about things that happened. I'm not talking about uh, theoretical agendas that may or may not be happening, and things that I can't control. Um, conspiracy kind of concept. Like I'm talking about things that have the receipts. You know, we can look at the history of forced sterilization. We can look at the history of internment camps. We can look at holocaust we can look at slavery we can look at any number of different things in the past to better understand what is happening to us right now and what can happen to us if we do not act appropriately and we don't come together appropriately with a plan as brother air said the oppressor has a they have an outline <laughs> you know, our our enemies have outlines. You know of of the of uh, 
control, you know, how to better best control us in our lives. And if you're a freedom loving person like me, then you agree with Martin Luther King, who said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so you stand up to evil. You stand up to things that aren't right. And you sometimes have to put yourself on out on on a limb and on the line to change things and resist resistance like that. This this is this is not okay. (laughs) what's happening. This is not okay. And there's ways to And what I'm trying to get us to do is to resist in a sophisticated manner as opposed to an emotional type of manner where which is the reaction that a lot of people get because they get they they try to draw on their anger or fear you know all these lower vibrations they draw on that then take to the streets and i'm saying no we need to we need to work through those emotions let them go as i've been talking about now don't hold on to the anger and the fear and don't hold on to that but don't ignore it either don't suppress it, observe it, hold it, then let it go. And then with a clear mind, move into, with you know, and from a space of power, put together a plan and come together with other people around you or people in your community and educate each other and come together with a plan of resistance. That's how this has to work. This isn't going to be about lashing out in fear or sadness. This is going to be about resisting from a place of power. The last thing that I want to talk about today in this uh, episode is uh, we're going to talk about the causes of death and how a lot of these coronavirus numbers are not adding up for me. So I put together a list of statistics, death statistics, and if you do the top causes of death in the world or worldwide or something like that in a search engine, the uh, one of the most common studies that comes out was the 2016 uh, death study. And so according to that famous 2016 study, which is what a lot of these lists are based on to put things into perspective the the number one killer on the planet is cardiovascular disease 17.6 million people a year die of cardiovascular disease and it's probably more now but then 2016 this is the numbers that they they came up with so you you know do take the numbers with some type of grain of salt but this is what we have to work with so cardiovascular disease, 1.4 million people a month that die of cardiovascular disease and 48,000, over 48,000 people that die every day of cardiovascular disease. 48,000 people a day die of cardiovascular disease, which is very much preventable. You know, the, cr- the chronic illnesses related to cardiovascular disease are very much related to improper, unnatural human diet. 
the dead animal flesh eating, the uh, the dairy eating, the grains and starches over in eating that stuff for decades and decades ultimately results in that type of death process that you know that that kind of thing the uh, the next is cancers which is 8.9 million people a year die of cancer and 744,000 a month and 24,000 over 24,000 people a day die from cancers then we get to respiratory diseases 3.5 million a year and almost 10,000 people a day die from respiratory diseases. Then next on, next on the list, you get diabetes or other uh, blood and endocrine diseases. 3.1 million a year, 8.7, uh, uh, 7,000 or 8,700 people a day. Uh, are considered to be dying from these diseases. Then, then after that, you have uh, uh, dementia and uh, lower respiratory infections. So, and that's uh, and that's kind of a question: what the the difference between respiratory diseases and lower respiratory infections in the in in terms of their particular study? I'd have to read the, the that that original study. This is kind of problematic because there's certain things, even if you look, if you look up respiratory disease and lower respiratory infections, there are a number of lower respiratory infections that come up as being associated with respiratory disease. And there's also some cancers that are, you know, lung cancer that is also noted under respiratory disease. So... Anyway, there some of these things are a bit questionable, but that leads us to then discussing the uh, uh, the novel respiratory infection called COVID nineteen. And so, right now, these numbers do not consider exp- exponentiality. So I understand that, but just based on the numbers that we have, so this was from a- April second. Uh, is when I wrote this down. So based on that, there were about 588 people a day that they're saying dying of the COVID-19. And like I said, the the fear is is related to the potential of exponentiality, the, you know, exponent, uh, people, you know, start die dying in larger and larger numbers, but there's so many problems related to this whole thing. Where, and and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me at the moment, but when I was reading about all the people that are dying, these uh, this you know, 600 people a day that are diagnosed with this that are dying, or after they died, they. They do a test and say that they died because of complications of this. Uh, the majority of these folks are are older, as most people know. But more than that, some of them, most of them, have had been diagnosed with up to three other diseases, anywhere from cardiovascular disease, cancers. I mean, there's some of these people have had already had the top three and had cardiovascular disease, some kind of cancer. Some of them had had blood endocrine issues. And then on top of that, they get this COVID-19, 
which should be classified under the respiratory disease or at worst the lower respiratory infections if i'm wrong about that if somebody wants if you can in the comment section you maybe you can if they have a better analysis of it then you can uh, please share with the community i'm just i'm looking at this thing as an outsider to the uh to to those uh folks that that create all these uh these things and that definitions and stuff but as an outsider and someone that i'm not a I'm not great at math. I didn't do really good in math classes, but I can do the these numbers and I can tell they're not adding up. So if 9,698 people a day die from respiratory diseases and 6,520 die of lower respiratory infections, well, first and foremost, why don't we just put those together? I mean, that I would love somebody to answer me that. Respiratory disease, let's put all that together. Combine lower respiratory infections with the respiratory disease, and that makes the the number even greater. In fact, if you combine, you would still be under cancers, but it would make the respiratory disease quite a bit bigger. Now, what were you what if you just added for these people these 600 people that are dying a day of, they say, complications of COVID-19, wouldn't it make sense to just just add that to the number of people that die every day of respiratory disease? We already have almost 10,000 people that die of respiratory disease. Adding another 1,000 to that a day still keeps us well under cancer, which is 20, 24,000 people are di- dying every day from cancer and is astronomically below cardiovascular disease which is 48,000 people a day almost 50,000 people a day die from cardiovascular disease and you tell me which is the epidemic what which one of these should we be shutting down businesses for should we be enacting sweeping legislation for in a rational world if you are going, and I'm not into that kind of, uh, uh, th- this kind of government intervention anyway. But if you are, and you agree with this kind of government telling you that you can't, uh, you're not allowed to be in groups larger than ten people, and you have to shelter at home, and if if you're into that, and you think that that's perfectly fine. For a government to take away your freedom like that. And if, as they claim, that th- these taking away of freedoms are meant to help us in terms of a health crisis, then wouldn't it make more sense to ban the eating of dead animal flesh? In some places around the world, you can go walking up the street right now and you can be arrested. In they're not doing it yet in where I'm at, but legally you can get up to 90 days in jail if the police arrest, if the police see you out loitering somewhere and they come and say, hey, what, what, what you doing? If you're not shopping or going to the doctor or if you don't have a job that is considered to be essential, they can arrest you. And this is and this is happening some places in the world. People are being uh, that are resisting the stay at home shelter and house 
mandate, they are being arrested and they're being quarantined or being thrown into these internment type of situations. So if if that's okay to do, why would it not be okay to ban slaughterhouses, to ban wet markets, to ban butcher shops? If we're talking about health, if the reason this is happening is to try to prevent an epidemic, we already have an epidemic. 50,000 people a day are dying of cardiovascular disease. 50,000. We have 600 people that they say die of COVID-19 a day. Even if we, even if that did blow up exponentially, you would have to blow way, way up to get anywhere near 50,000 people a day that are dying of cardiovascular disease. And whether you want to, if I, if I could go and get into the case studies, there's case studies of the connection between cardiovascular disease and the eating of dead animal flesh, the eating of dairy. Even if you're into that research and you're into that kind of medical science, scientific studies, you can find those. It's pretty clear and it's not really disputed anymore the connection between eating dead animal flesh and dairy and cardiovascular disease. Yet we're doing nothing. There's no public will. There's no consciousness to shut down barbecue pits and restaurants that serve the stuff that kills the majority of people on this planet. So I don't want to hear about that this is a good thing, that this is something that we should be doing to, to stay at home. That's this, ne- that's this next thing that they're, you know, they're, they're creating this hysteria uh, and this scarlet letter syndrome where everybody, if you speak against these actions that the government's taking right now, that you are castigated by the society. You're put down. You're saying, shame on you. And before you know it, they'll be saying, shame on you and throwing you in an internment camp. Or like's happening in, I uh, forget the, the exact country in Africa, where they're, they're you know, caning people and marching people through, uh, through the town to be made fun of. And to make an example of, of people that aren't following the directions uh, to uh, stay stay at home. I don't want to hear that. So until you're prepared to make some drastic government type of changes to prevent and remove the epidemic of cardiovascular disease and cancer, and why don't we just add COVID-19 to the respiratory diseases? Put them all, let's put all of them together. Lower respiratory infections, respiratory diseases, COVID-19 falls right into that. Flu, pneumonia, that's all it is. Elimination of mucus. People all, all of a sudden, like, like Brother Aaron was saying, people are thinking this is new. You know, they're like, oh, wow, there, there, there's mucus constipation, fluid in the lungs. It's the, uh, they're, they're talking about mucus. What do you think we've been talking about? What was Arnold Eric talking about in a book that he wrote in 1920? There's nothing new here. It's what we've always been talking about. When the body is overcome with waste, 
and the lymphatic system that doesn't function, kidneys that are weak, no kind of filtration of all of this toxic poison you're putting in the body, there is only one result. So all of these causes of death, cardio from cardiovascular disease to cancer to respiratory disease to the endo- even the endocrine things, all of this has its source in the eating of pus and mucus-forming foods and the constipation, cellular constipation, that is the result of eating these foods. People are drowning in their own mucus every day. Cardiovascular disease, drowning in mucus, suffocating in your own waste. Respiratory diseases, same thing. Suffocating in your own waste. Why not make a change? What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose to try out fruits and green leafy vegetables, plant-based eating? What do you have to lose? Because they don't have, there's not a list of, uh, you know, pe- people aren't, the number one thing that people die from is not lack of, of protein or lack of, people are dying of drowning in their own waste. 50,000 people a day, cardiovascular disease. 24,000 people a day, cancers. 10,000 people a day, respiratory diseases. And like I said, we could really should combine lower respiratory with just and, and, and just is respiratory disease. And you get 16,000 people a day dying of respiratory diseases and infections. Why don't we add the COVID to that? Let's round it up to 1,000, 1,000 people a day that start dying of, of COVID. We're still only at 16,806 people a day that would be dying from respiratory-related disease or infection. What if, what if we went up to, we could go up to 10,000 people a day dying from, from, the, from COVID, if you believe that it even exists, then that's a that's a whole other discussion. Uh, just and I've talked about that already. The, all the the sort of virus theories and giving my opinion on that, and uh, you know, brother Air's giving his opinion. We you know we're a little, little different in the way that we view the uh, the whole virus thing, but we ultimately get to the same result and location. And agree on the ending, which is people are dying in their uh, through suffocating in their own waste. When you have the buildup of mucus that is affecting the lungs like that, you, it's guaranteed you got a filthy colon. It's guaranteed that you have 32 feet of impacted intestines with feces all up in your stomach. How do you expect to remove waste and breathe freely? When you got 10 to 15 to 20 pounds of feces in your stomach, continually just poisoning your, your whole body, creating an acidic environment from head to toe. So even if 10,000 people a day died of COVID-19 and over 9,000 died of respiratory diseases, 6,000, over 6,000, 6,500 of lower respiratory infections, if you put all of those numbers together, you get 26,218 people dying every day of respiratory diseases and or infection. You are still under the 50,000 people that die every day of cardiovascular disease.
So what I'm saying here, ladies and gentlemen, is these numbers are, aren't adding up. People aren't breaking these things down in a way that makes sense. They're speaking in a way that elicits fear, that sows fear. Oftentimes, when I've been listening to different news broadcasts, they lead with the large number of people that have been diagnosed with COVID-19. They say a million people have been diagnosed that have open cases of COVID-19. Then it's like, well, how many people have died of it? Well, that number is not as large. The coronavirus pandemic continues its relentless expansion in almost every corner of the globe, with the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide rapidly approaching one million people, though the true number is certain to be far higher due to a critical lack of testing. The largest number of confirmed cases is in the United States, where the coronavirus deaths have topped 5,000. And so we got to understand these things break it down if it because if it was this important if the, if this if these this death and the epidemic of all that was really really as important as they are claiming it to be then every day on the news they would say something like over 82,000 people died today of, cardio, of cardiovascular disease, cancer, and respiratory disease combined. If you combine the, the, those, those numbers, the three of those, that's how many people that would be. Well, actually, more than that, because if you add in the lower respiratory infection to that, and they say, okay, about 90,000 pe- people died of cardiovascular disease, cancer, respiratory disease combined today but they don't lead news like that they're not telling you how many people are dying those of those things the whole broadcast they're talking about how many cases of COVID-19 are there coronavirus how many people are suffering from the symptoms all these kinds of things and we're saying that this has always been part of the discussion for us it doesn't matter what the name is. It doesn't matter if it's cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, coronavirus, SARS, swine flu. It doesn't matter what the name is because it's all about pus and mucus poisoning and drowning in your own waste. And that is why it is imperative and time is of the essence to get into and practice the mucus's diet healing system on the highest level that you can. It is more important now than ever to do that. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for tuning in. As always, it is a distinct pleasure to be able to have these kinds of conversations with you about uh, the mucus's diet healing system, works of Professor Arnold Errett, living a mucus-free lifestyle, elevating our spirit cleaning up the spirit you know the word spirit spira spira spiro meaning air we got to clean ourselves up so that we don't have this bad breath bad breath is killing everybody folks with the cardiovascular disease the 50,000 people that die every day of cardiovascular disease 
you can ensure that they have bad breath. The 25,000 people that die of cancer every day, you can ensure that they have bad breath. And the 16,000 people that die of respiratory disease and infections a day, you can rest assured that they have bad breath. Let's clean up our breath. Let's clean up our spiro or spira. Let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. So until next time, brothers and sisters, this is Professor Spira signing off. Peace, love, and breath.